Wait a second. You thought this was going to be a podcast about Ash and his lifelong battle with losing, huh? Heck no. This is a podcast for ace trainers that are all about strength, will, and the desire to be a champion. This is the Heracross and Wartortle Pokemon Podcast, where we talk strategy, team building, and all things pertaining to competitive Pokemon battling. So get ready. Only real trainers and their Pokemon can survive and become a legend. Hello, trainers and Poke fans everywhere. Welcome back to the Heracross and Wartortle Pokemon Podcast. We're finally back after 10 years, Jim. Are we? Has it been that long? I think it has been that long. Did you say you grew a beard? I did grow a beard and I got rid of it. (laughs) Multiple times since we last potted. Nah. (laughs) I I may very well have had multiple beards. I cannot recall specifically. Right. But I know there was at least one. Well, fortunately, Father Time hasn't passed us too much and we are back and we are talking Sinnoh Classic Clash today. As you guys know, Pokemon's having a competition for the Sinnoh Classic uh, on their online glo- in the global thing. And, you know, we took it upon ourselves to make a doubles team. And we know that this is more of a singles podcast, and that's okay. We love singles, but we also love new things here on the Heracross and Wartortle Pokemon podcast. So we wanted to try this doubles competition, and we made teams, and we just want to talk about them and uh, just talk Pokemon. And also, if you have any suggestions about our team or just want to talk Pokemon, hit us up on Twitter at HNWPokemonPod. So you ready to talk Sinnoh Classic Clashing today, Jim? Yes, I am. Uh... For our Sinnoh Classic, we had every intent of joining the actual online competition, but due to the phenomenon that is Pokemon Go, it's really freaking difficult to get on the Pokemon website as a registered user right now. We both have registered. We both are registered in the actual website. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. yes, but because there's such a high demand for new users, it's more difficult than it's ever been to get on that stupid website and register for the competition. And for a freaking Garchomp, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. So No, but it's it- still a fun little thing to try, and we thought it would be cool to do something different here on the podcast, because we're always yeah. talking singles, so at least, you know, we've got a little bit of double action for those that enjoy that out there. Because, I mean, there's a market for it. I mean, VGCs is all doubles. So there's plenty of Pokemon fans and plenty of trainers out there that play doubles. Yeah, and we tried to narrate it, but we've come to the conclusion I'm not, I'm not really that interested in narrating an active battle i don't when tom and i actually battle off air i hardly talk usually it's just in response to a question right and it doesn't make for a very interesting back and forth right whereas if we're talking about specific pokemon and their attributes it's a little more free form 
Absolutely, and I might still like do little narrations, and I realize, you know, we've been away for a while, but that's actually something I'm passionate about, and, you know, I can do little solo narrations, go on Battlespot and stuff, and talk to, nothing long, just like, you know, a a ten-minute thing, just, you know, to get through your day, whatever, but it could be like a little thing, like we do with our side podcast, but... Yeah, I mean, we just like the discussion, and, and, and that is enough. So uh, but so let's discuss these Sinnoh Classic teams. Jim, why don't you start getting into your team uh, and start talking about what you tried to build for this competition? Well, initially we tried to go with purely Gen 4 Pokemon, and you got a good team, and I got a horrible team. My team had absolutely no synergy. Initially, I had a Glaceon, a Yanmega, a Toxicroak that I eventually dropped from the team, all three of them. Right. On their own, I mean, those are pretty sweet Pokemon and very viable, but, I mean, with what you were well, trying to build, really I guess. Well, not really for that. Glaceon or That's true, Mega, true, yeah. But, well, I, I like Yanmega's speed boost. Both of those Pokemon, given the right support, are viable, but... Given a format where you're playing four Pokemon, if you have both of those out, you're seriously hindering your team. I hear you. Um, so the uh, other three I kept throughout were Cresselia. We decided to go with one legendary piece, um, a Lucario and a Togekiss. And the Lucario is your basic Lucario. Nothing special about it. Not going to really mention anything about it what is it just Crit- swords dance extreme speed close combat and bullet ice punch, punch bullet punch so you run yeah. extreme speed and bullet punch you're that worried about fairies well i mean it's the i have a mega lucario and i have a regular lucario and i didn't adjust any of the moves that i had set up on it you know it wasn't that big of a deal for me because i mean the lucario is fairly frail to a lot of types Mm -hmm. um it is very powerful but yeah it's steel typing in my opinion has always been somewhat of a weakness for lucario i get it in fourth gen when sandstorm was a perma thing you could use it as a lead and not have to worry about your focus sash running dry but nowadays, you know, just earthquake, fire attacks, so prevalent, you know. I, I love Lucario, great Pokemon, but I think it's steel typing overall is more of a hindrance than something that's a positive for it. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I 100% agree, but I can't say it. That it benefits it all the time. I mean, stab, bullet, punch. That's about the best you're getting. Maybe, okay, the fact that, I mean, maybe the fact that you quad resist stealth rock, okay. But even yeah. then, if you have a sash, that ruins it. So, and it's not like Lucario's super bulky, so he's not going to really, come in and take really, hits. I don't really know anyone who runs a sash Lucario. No, I'm I'm talking. It was more of a lead set that I've seen that was prevalent a while ago. It's it, you're right, not anymore. But, like a decade ago, right. so it doesn't matter. But apparently, we've been gone for a decade, so it yeah. does matter in relation <laughs> to the last podcast. 
<laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Nah, yeah, um, but nah, I feel you. I love your Lucario. And again, you're not even switching that much in doubles, so um you you really don't have to worry about him taking hits. So what else what are you what else? So you've got Lucario. Um what else are you running? Cresselia. Cresselia. Mammoth. Mammoth. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous. bulky son of a bitch. I love the EV spread we chose for. Can you t- tell them what the EV spread is? Do you have it up in front of you, or? No, I don't have my EV spread. Um, I'm gonna. I think I have one, it here on my phone. I'm gonna try to pull it up real quick. One thing I will say is that it. I think the Chrysalia just is the standard Smogon EV spread. No, I thought we did something a little bit different. I, I don't think we did. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. We went um, we went 216 HP, 216 spec D, 4 speed, and 72 defense EVs. And let me tell you, calm, those nature. Se- calm nature, those 72 defense EVs make a Big difference. I remember trying to hit your um, your Cresselia with my adamant natured, uh, you know, Electivire, which is pretty straight. It's got like 375 attack at level 100, and like hits were still like three hit KOs, and it was just like, oh my god, how do you get through this thing? Yeah, it's a bulky monster. It it has helping hand, which in doubles is necess a necessity on at least one of your Pokemon, I feel like. Um, Icy Wind, because the double coverage is just nice to have. Um, being able to attack two Mon simultaneously. Right. And Psy Shock and Shadow Ball. And I didn't really ever use the Psy Shock. The Shadow Ball, I used every so often. But I think... I use Icy Wind most of the time on the Cresselia with an occasional helping hand. Yeah, Icy Wind on Cresselia is why it's just absolutely ridiculous. Probably, uh, I I don't know, I'm not going to say top tier doubles Pokemon, but I'm sure if there was an underused of doubles, you would definitely at least see Cresselia lurking around that area. Yeah, and then the uh, third that I had throughout was... um, Togekiss, which has the Dazzling Gleam and the Roost, which you have on basically every Togekiss, Serene Grace and Citrus Berry. And then I had Heat yeah, Wave. I love for the Citrus the double... Berry on that. I love it. Heat Wave for the double coverage and yep. Tailwind, which in synchronicity with Cresselia's Icy Wind is really nice here. Definitely. Doubling your speed and decreasing your opponent's speed by half. So you're quad boosting yourself, essentially. Absolutely. Now, Cresselia can't really hit hard, uh, but, I mean, it's still, that's absolutely a great point. The fact that you're able to outspeed your opposition is huge, especially in doubles. Um, so, all right, who's the third member of your team? Oh, those were the first three, so... Fourth um, member, sorry. Oh, fourth. Um, after that, I went with, uh, Hippowdon, a Glysaur, and a Clefable. Clefable I initially wanted on the team to begin with, but we both tried to go exclusively Gen 4, um... 
Clefable was in the Platinum decks. That's why I went with it. Um, but when I decided that my team was horrible, I figured I was just going to include Clefable. Um, the coverage it provides is just way too nice to have. I got Aromatherapy, Helping Hand, Icy Wind, and Moonblast on it. Yeah, that's it. really nice. And doubles, too. Man, you definitely need a Pokemon like that. Yeah, and it's got magic cards, so it's doesn't get affected by the sandstorm of um Hippowdon. Right. No, I, I, I like that. Definitely. It's nice to have that sandstorm, especially if you're looking to get residual damage on Pokemon. It's great, especially in doubles. You're getting double for your buck. You're hitting two sand two Pokemon twice in a turn. That damage yeah, racks it, it up, moves, especially if you get status. Quicker. Yeah, it moves quicker. Um, I mean, it makes it a little more viable to avoid, to um, not include, like, a Will-O-Wisp or Toxic on a Pokemon. Not that I'm against including it, but I feel like the doubles game, for the most part, the beginning of it and the end of it move a lot quicker than in singles definitely i would agree with that and singles um, it's all about kind of tiptoeing around seeing where you can kind of start cracking away at your opponent whereas doubles it's everything happens kind of fast definitely at least right away yeah i mean there there's occasionally a battle or two where the middle of the battle is sort of a stalemate or you're kind of trying to determine what the opponent's doing but usually when you're right off the bat it's fairly quick and right at the end it seems like usually someone's at a disadvantage and it's usually just kill them quick yeah but that, that's just that's just that's what happens when there's four pokemon on the field at once instead of just two uh, the odds of a type disadvantage go up so much more because of that. And, yeah, again, in a in a match where you're only bringing four Pokemon, you know, if you get, take an early KO because you're at type disadvantage and you don't have much to switch into, you know, good luck. You're done. Um, so, you, you know, definitely I, I think that's a great point you make, and I think that's why I prefer the singles metagame just because – I'm relying so much more upon the core of my team trying to stay alive, trying to chip away, inch away at my opponent until I can get to a point to where I can either comfortably take out his most, you know, threatening wall that stops whatever I'm trying to do. You know, that that's what I like about singles so much. So, so I hear what you're saying. I think that's a great point. Um, so I like your team. Go ahead and just kind of fit, you know, real quick over the six again. Who are they? Uh, well, I got two more. Glisser's exactly the same as you're going to find. Uh, and then my Hippodon, Hippodon is um, Impish with Sandstream and a Smooth Rock, obviously. Earthquake, Rock Slide, Slack Off, Stone Edge. It, I just substituted the Rock Slide for Stealth Rock. Um, What's the spread on it, EV-wise? Where'd you go? I don't even remember it. I bred it, like, two, three years ago. 
and in real time, not in we've been gone for 10 years' time. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, In all honesty, it's really bulky. It's a nice Pokemon to have to use. Um, I just didn't keep the Stealth Rock because, honestly, spikes and Stealth Rock and doubles... When it's so quick at the beginning, it really does kind of hinder you. And if you're KOing the two opponents' Pokemon or vice versa, you're only getting two Pokemon that you're really going to affect with the spikes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think entry hazards is a viable... Or maybe not, let me not say viable, let me use the word, it's not a necessity. Whereas in singles, because of all that tiptoeing and inching, there's so much switching, you need those entry hazards to eventually start chipping away at your opponent. In doubles, there's not much switching. Guys just kind of come in, they set up, or guys just come in and set up for the people behind them. And it's really about trying to just hit hard, hit hard and hit fast, or just be able to set up a way to just create this impenetrable fortress that just destroys everything. It's really more offensively oriented, that's for sure. I mean, especially with helping hands and things like that, where you're helping your, or follow me's, you know, that that's how you defend against that. That's why that Pachirisu was able to win. Um, that I forgot what year that was, but that was crazy to watch Pachirisu. That's something you don't see in singles, though. So there's the doubles metagame already shining. Something like Pachirisu can become a dominating force within the metagame. Yeah, I mean, there are certain Pokemon that are more benefiting from uh, multiples format. I mean, Mega Audino is way more viable in a maybe rotation i've i've never really played i've rotation. never played rotation and don't ever ask me to anybody out there and i'll never play i mean i get why some people could like it and i'm not knocking it it's just it is not for me i i will never play rotational battles I played I played them in black and white and black two and white two when you're forced to, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. No, right. I'm talking about competitively breeding or building a team based around the rotational metagame. I've um, never met a single person who's done it, which is kind of weird. Me neither. Me neither. But so a quick rundown. I you went through all six. A quick rundown, real quick. Who do, who of your team for the Sinnoh Classic? Uh, we had Lucario, we had Hippowdon, we had Glissor, we had Togekiss, we had Cresselia, and Clefable. Yeah, it's a really nice, solid team, honestly, and it should do well. So now moving on to my team, now that we're done with Jim's, even though Jim uh, straight away a little bit, he went with a Clefable, and that's fine, at least it's it's uh, Sinnoh Dex. Um, I kept it real and went every Pokemon is 4th gen and it's from 4th gen or is an evolution. One guy's an evolution. No, two. Every, and then there's four 4th gen. So everybody's homegrown 4th gen. I wanted to try to make a team that could be competitive for the Sinnoh Classic just using 4th gen Pokemon. So I'm running an Azelf that 
pretty much just wants to explode in your face. I mean, again, I'm not too well-versed within the metagame, so I just want to do something cool like explode in people's faces. So I have Explosion, I hit with Psy Shock, have Knock Off just because Ghost blocked the Explosion, obviously, so I need a way to take care of that, and I have Taunt. What do you think? You like Azelf, Jim? How do you feel as a 4th Gen Mon Azelf, or just the lake creatures in general? I I think for what you were trying to go with for your team, Azelf was perfectly fine, and if we're talking about the lake creatures in general... I don't really use them that much in battles and game, but for the story purposes of Gen 4, I did like what the uh, late creatures brought to the game. It was kind of, It was kind of refreshing to see a legendary Pokemon in the first half hour. Definitely. So, yeah, so I went with Azelf. Um, that's the set's Focus Sash, um, just in case I get re- hit really hard, really fast. Um, and so the next couple Pokemon, I ran a Rotom, regular, not Appliance. I wanted a Ghost Typing, and I ran a Frostlass, because I wanted multiple Pokemon that I could team up with Azelf to where if I wanted to hit really hard with Explosion, I could have Pokemon that didn't have to rely on Protect to be able to protect themselves from an Explosion. Obviously, as Ghost types, they're immune to Normal-type moves. So um, I, have a, I have a Rotom that's Choice Scarf with Discharge, Pain Split, Trick, Will-O-Wisp. I went with Timid Nature. Just I wanted as much speed as I can. I want to fire off those discharges or trick that Choice Scarf right onto somebody so I can do what Rotom wants to do, which is really just hit everybody with Discharge. Um, so with pairing it with those two ghosts, um, now here comes the other guy that I love. I love Evire. I went with an Evire because that Discharge will... in in essence, basically activate my motor drive, and I just outspeed. So I went with an adamant nature on that, and, you know, like I said, I just tried to keep it real with 4th-gen Pokemon. I mean, I tried to do my best to a way to create synergy where Pokemon are working together. Um, and also looking at this team, I have a Bronzong, and that has Levitate. So I have three Levitators in Rotom, Azelf, and Bronzong, and that gives me the ability to use my sixth Pokemon, which is Gastrodon, because I desperately needed a Water-type and I needed a Ground-type really bad to be able to fire off Stab Earthquakes. I And I went adamant with my Gastrodon, so those Earthquakes are going to hit hard, and the fact that I have three Levitators lets me, in conjunction with a lot of Pokemon, freely fire off Earthquakes. So what do you think about that, Jim? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I I think your team, for the most part, is pretty good. I'm not the biggest fan of the Bronzong or the Frostless on your team, but I know you like both of them. Uh, your Bronzong also does have Explosion. It does. So which I... is something you didn't mention. I appreciate you there. Thank you for bringing that up. It does have Explosion, and that's kind of why I need Frostless. And again, I limited myself to 4th Gen, and I know that there's a lot of dragons like Dragonite, a lot of flying types, your Togekisses, things like that. And Ice hits that really hard. And the fact that Stealth Rock and Entry Hazards aren't so prevalent, I'm not too worried about Frostlass being out there. So 
I mean, I can see why you don't like it. I ultimately, I mean, I guess I would disagree. I think it has a place. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel you. I see what you're saying. I think it's a fun little team, though. Um, I I like the, um, the lack of buyer in your team. I'm not... I'm not a huge fan of you activating the motor drive over and over again, which I have seen you do once or twice. I think it sort of limits the uh, viability that Rotom could have on your team. I hear you. In what ways, though? Because, I mean, the discharge hits everybody, so it's not like I'm just sitting there trying to boost my... Electivire, I'm getting damage on my opposition, and there's a 30% chance to paralyze my opposition. So, I mean, there's, it's not like I'm just spamming it on Evire. It's hitting everything. Yeah, I, I just, I think sometimes being able to Will-O-Wisp or if you use the trick, um, do stuff. Or had a different move set and went with a weird ghost move, sort of like Hex. Or I don't know if it gets cursed, but I don't think it does. I um, might change pa- change Pain Split. I haven't seen much viability for that yet. Again, though, with the Choice Scarf, I, I basically every turn I have to ask myself, okay, am I tricking this Choice Scarf onto somebody, and am I going to be able to reliably survive to the next turn if I'm potentially hit twice in the same turn by two Pokemon? And because my EV investment is in just nothing but speed and special attack, sometimes it's like, well, I just feel safer going with the Discharge right now. So then if I guess if you were recommending a change to be able to use got things like Will-O-Wisp and stuff, I might have to think about taking the Choice Scarf off. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I'll think about. I think it's a valid criticism. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the hold items that really limit you into one move. It it just seems like such a burden, and it if your opponent is able to withstand the move for a turn or two and get into something a little more suitable against the Pokemon, right? You're basically turning the tide of the battle against yourself, right? No, I, I listen. I hear what you're saying. Uh, so that's my team, though. I mean, that's what I really went for. I wanted a bunch of levitators and ghosts that could absorb explosions. Um, that, and again, I limited myself to fourth gen because I wanted to try to be creative within the generation itself. Um, like, like as if I was a trainer that was coming from the Sinnoh region. You know, I, you know, I felt like this was kind of cool. I like Gastrodon. I'm a big fan. I think he's underrated. And, and if we were just, even if we're talking singles metagame for a second, I mean, he is underrated. I, you know, Water Ground is such great typing. He has access to a lot of nice support moves as well as, you know, some good offensive moves. I mean, Muddy Water is great in doubles. Earthquake, obviously, great in doubles, especially if you have so many levitators. Um, Rock Slide hits hard and can flinch. I mean, when we battled, when we were doing the trying to do the narration, this dude's hit Powdon flinched me, what was it, twice to start the battle? I had, I think my Gastrodon yeah. wasn't, didn't even get a turn until turn three. 
Uh, so, you know, it's always nice to have that rock slide flinch in the back pocket. Now, Gastro's slow as hell, so you're probably not utilizing it that much. But also because of flying types, also because of Charizard. Now, I know that he has Solar Beam, but, uh, you know, you need. I, I think it's a nice move to have to hit two Pokemon. Now, the big question that's on everyone's mind. Do you know if you have a Gastrodon East or a Gastrodon West? I think the green is East, right? And the purple is ding, West. Ding, ding, ding. You have an East. I have an East Gastrodon. And I'm totally cool with that. I like East Gastrodon. Yeah, the green and the blue look sharp. I think the pink and the brown is also cool. I think it's a little more feminine which I think almost anyone would agree with that, but mm-hmm. definitely, it, it's not one of these Pokemon that you just look at it and you're just like, wow, this is stupid, which I think we'll have a few that we have that opinion about in the next podcast with the seventh gen Pokemon that have been revealed of late, including some that have been revealed today. Yeah, nice, nice little tease. And today, as in we are recording this June, or excuse me, wow, June, July 19th. So, yeah, that little video was revealed. And we'll talk about that in the next podcast. So you should find us on Twitter at HNWPokemonPod. We release all the podcasts there. You can find us, interact with us, and participate in our giveaways, which we are giving away another awesome Pokemon. And you have to find us on Twitter if you want a shot at winning it. Yep, we'll announce the next Pokemon in the next podcast, which we will be recording later today and releasing a little later in the week, but it will be in this week again, just so you guys know. Yep, and And I am going to do a battle spot narration, which will be up uh, too, so it'll give you guys a little bit more content for the week. I look forward to doing that. Um, so anything else you really want to talk about with the Sinnoh Classic? I mean, I think we got some pretty cool teams. Uh, we'll post photos of them on the on the Twitter, and we'll get your guys' opinion, too. I'd love to hear what the Twitterverse thinks of our teams, Jim. I, I think we did a solid job. I like your team a lot. Um, I like my team at le- definitely in terms of staying in Gen 4. I thought we were both pretty creative, and it's a lot of fun. Definitely prefer singles, but I think it's a lot of fun. My only thing is I really want them to make another Sinnoh game. I really loved Platinum, and I would love to see some love for Gen 4. You know, let's talk about that for a second, because I'm I'm actually... What would you rather have right now, a Gen 7-ish, aesthetically remade Gen 1? Or a Gen 4, because you could argue, well, Gen 4 came out on DS, so it's still somewhat viable aesthetically. I would rather have Gen 4 because I feel... Actually, you know what? I think if I'm the Pokemon company, I'm going with Gen 1. And it prior to a few weeks ago I would have said otherwise but with the popularity of Pokemon Go and being limited to Gen 1 Pokemon at this point and having all these people popping out of the woodwork and oh by the way Gen 7's coming out just in time for Christmas and I don't imagine Pokemon Go is going to fall off on the face of the earth it's going to just keep getting bigger before then bigger uh, 
So I think there's going to be a lot of 3DS sales soon, and I think a lot of people are going to be buying uh, Sun and Moon. And I think uh, Gen 1 remakes would be very welcome by the hardcore fan base and by the casual fan base. And I think Pokemon Go is sort of leaning me towards Gen 1 remakes happening before Gen 4. Personally, I would rather see Gen 4 remakes. I know that sounds like heresy, but Gen 4 was just ridiculously fun to play for me. Yeah, no, I love Gen 4. I think from a business perspective, you like you said, you have to go Gen 1. You have to go Gen 1. All those people that are in their 20s slash early 30s that grew up on the first gen or two as kids but then kind of dropped off because it was it was uncool you know those people you bring that market back into it as well as the already established hardcore pokemon fan and you can make a lot of money and and, and that's another thing you brought it up pokemon go we'll talk about pokemon go in the next episode we'll probably give our opinions about it but you know in a nutshell it's great it's great for nintendo uh it's great for the pokey fan base uh, because you now have that casual Pokemon fan back into Pokemon, and that just means money for Nintendo. So anybody who thought that Nintendo was going anywhere, be rest assured, Nintendo is firmly entrenched in the gaming industry, and it, they only need one title to do it, and that's Pokemon. So Correct. Uh, and the last thing about the whole would, I think, Gen 4, Gen 1 be next. I always thought they would wait till the 25th anniversary of Pokemon to re-release Gen 1. But they might. Again, I just feel like with Pokemon Go, it would make too much sense. Unless if um, the rumors are true in December, we're going to get the Johto Pokemon in Pokemon Go. I would imagine that by next Christmas we'd be on Gen 4 Pokemon in Pokemon Go, which would make sense for a release of a Gen 4 remake in the 7th Gen time frame. But who knows? I mean, we've skipped years and not have had a Pokemon game. Nintendo is a very fluid situation, my friend. That is one thing that Nintendo... Has taught me. So that's gonna wrap it up for this episode of the Heracross and War Turtle Pokemon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our Sinnoh Classic teams. We ex- we implore you guys to go on there, try it out, make your doubles team, go on the Sinnoh Classic, and go have yourselves a ball. And Follow hopefully us. you can get on the website for Pokemon and register. Yeah, if 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 Go doesn't screw you. Find us on Twitter at HNW Pokemon Pod. We'll be giving away more Pokemon. Look out for the next episode, too. It, uh, we'll give our opinions of how we feel Gen 7's going and some of the things that are going on. So keep it locked in right here on the Heracross and War Turtle Pokemon Podcast, and we will see you here next time, not in 10 years. <laughs>